Hello, my friends, Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you for taking a few minutes of your time today to listen to this podcast, which I believe is critical if you want to retire and retire well. And that's a big statement. So what's the topic of the day <laughs> that allows me to make that big of a statement? Well, we're going to discuss two different things today, two different topics. We're going to merge them together as they fit right in line to come up with the best investment strategy and best game plan for you. But changes will have to be made in your mindset. And I'm going to discuss all that as we go along. But the first thing, the first topic of, of the day is longevity risk. So what in the world is longevity risk? Well, longevity risk is, is for those that don't know, how long you live. The longer you live, the more stress it puts on a financial plan because the more money you're going to have to have. P pretty simple. So right now, if you were to Google the current life expectancy in the U.S., you would see that it's 78.69. Average age people live to, 78, 79 years old. That takes into account the entire population. Lower class, middle class, upper middle class, the wealthy, that takes into everybody. But what's interesting, a study in 2015 came out and they carved out the upper middle class and they calculated, well, what's the life expectancy on the upper to you know, middle class, upper class, and which are probably those listening to this podcast right now. What's the average expectancy on them? And it came to say that for men, the average age was 89 and for women, 92, much, much longer than the rest of the population which was 78, 79. In fact, for men, it was 89 up from 85 in 1990. And for women, it was 87 back in 1990. From, so from 87 to 92. And so that long, people are living longer. And seemingly every 10, 15, 20 years, that's getting more and more. People are living a, an extra few years. And so why? Why, you know, why is this happening? And why is the upper middle class the upper class living longer lives. Well, I mean, it's probably not hard for people to figure out that those people, and I'm not going to get into class warfare or anything like that. I'm just stating facts uh, because I want you all to succeed. And that is these people, generally, they have better health care. I would argue <laughs> that in some cases, some of the health care laws, but all in all, yeah, they have better, better access to health care, better health care. They also by and large, are, are healthier people. They work out. They live healthier lives. They eat better foods. They don't smoke as much as the lower class. Uh, and I'm just stating the facts. And so those are a few reasons as to why these individuals are, are living longer. Now, where's the trend going? Think about this for a second. Healthcare. Healthcare advancements. Right now, the Buck Institute in California and Google Longevity Project are doubling. Think about this. They're doing these experiments and they take these lab animals and they adjust a couple genes and they're doubling the lives of these, of these lab animals. They're doubling their lives. It's absolutely crazy. I'm not saying that's going to be humans. I don't want to live to be 200 years old unless I'm healthy, but they're doubling the lives of these animals. Another scientist in Israel just came out and say they were able to, to take a, a 3D printer and print a heart using the cells of the patients. Think about that technology, which could be used to patch diseased hearts, full transplants, 
And when you're using the patient's own cells, the rejection rates of the body accepting those new hearts or those patches significantly goes down. And so you've got this great healthcare technology, which is only making people live longer. And so what we tell clients is, I know your dad lived till 88, and that's where you're expecting to go to, or 85 or 75. But guess what? We're going to crank you up to 100 as we build a plan for you because you don't know what the technology is going to be in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And I would venture to say that you will live longer than what you expect. And so that's that longevity risk. How do you manage longevity risk is the next question and the next topic that we'll discuss. Based on that knowledge that you're going to live longer, you build portfolios. And portfolios are usually build on stocks, bonds, cash, maybe some option overlay, which is what we do, but mainly stocks, bonds, cash. So think about this for a second. Here's some Morningstar returns. Stocks since the early 1900s have averaged total return of 10.1%. Bonds, 5.7%. Cash, 3.5%. So those are the total returns. But total returns are not the whole story because if you're factoring in the biggest enemy to purchasing power, inflation, those returns diminish. Before I share with you what those returns are, I got to tell you, it's all about purchasing power. So what is purchasing power? Defined, purchasing power is the financial ability to buy products or services. Purchasing power in, in increasing your pur- purchasing power over time is the key to defending yourself and your retirement and your well-being against longevity risk. The only way you're going to conquer longevity risk and not run out of money in retirement is to increase your purchasing power over time. So how do we do that? Here's some additional stock returns for you. As I mentioned, 10.1% total return. Well, if you factor in inflation, it goes down to 7%. Bonds, 5.7%. You factor in inflation, 2.7%. Cash goes from 3.5% to 0.5% after inflation. So now, now just do some simple math in your head. If I'm getting after inflation, 7% on my stock position, and I know that I'm probably going to have to live off of annually for to four and a half percent of my portfolio value to live, well, then my returns on stocks, when I withdraw that 4%, go down to 3%, still making you money. Bonds go from 2.7 to negative. So what does that tell you? That tells me the bonds are destroying your purchasing power. Cash, same thing. The only way to increase your purchasing power and not run out of money is to have more money invested in stocks than you probably think you need. Hey, now listen to this other stat. From Ibbotson, the compounded annual inflation rate from 1926 to 2018 was 2.9%. About what we were factoring into those returns, right? From 10.1 to 7, about that 3% range. Since 1960, to 2018, and we'd probably go back further, and it'd be very similar, the S&P 500's cash dividend, just the dividend paid out, not the appreciation, just the dividend paid out, 
increased at 5.9% annually. So 2.9% or 3% inflation is destroyed, conquered, whatever you want to say, just by the increase in the S&P 500 dividend payout. Boom. Problem solved. Equities, by and large, are the best component of your portfolio. So knowing that the biggest way to fight that longevity risk is to increase your equity exposure, why don't people do it? And why don't advisors tell people to do it? Well, it's it's very simple. People hate volatility. You do a Google search and you search for low volatility ETFs, low volatility mutual funds, you're going to see a ton of them it's it's crazy how many products there's low vol this low vol that well you got to realize the more you suppress the volatility the more you're suppressing the potential returns and the more you suppress the potential returns the bigger impact inflation's going to have on your portfolio and your purchasing power will be destroyed so again why don't people do it why don't people know that why don't people Take action and just stay in equities. Well, again, it goes back to that fear of volatility. And we look at volatility, and and Howard Marks had this great quote, that volatility, which we agree in 100%, he says, volatility is the price you pay for returns. And that is absolutely true. Now, here's a couple things that I want to share with you. If we look at the 401k market, right, just the 401k world, In 2020, target date funds will be 50% of all 401k assets. 50%. trillion trillion in these crap products. So why do I think target date funds are crap? Well, it's very simple. They're built. So if your retirement is 2030, the portfolio is automatically built to decrease stock slash equity exposure an increased bond exposure. So the older you get, the less stocks you own, the more bonds you own. And folks, what does that mean? That means you will begin to be destroyed by purchasing power. Nick Murray, who I love, one of my heroes in the financial world, said target date funds maximize the probability that people run out of money in retirement. (laughs) It's so true. Who wants that? Right? And why? Because it just increases bonds automatically and, and people are okay with it. Now, here's the interesting thing about my industry advisors, financial advisors, portfolio managers. Think about that. Why are they putting $4 trillion in these target day funds? Or why do these 60% stocks, 40% portfolios, why are they so popular? Well, it's very simple. Advisors, and trust me, I know a lot of them, Advisors get nervous for clients whenever volatility occurs because when volatility occurs, like we saw in November, December or 2008 or whatever, clients get freaked out. And when clients are scared, advisors want the path of least resistance. Instead of sitting that client down and saying, here's why you need that volatility. They say, let me suppress that volatility because if my client's unhappy they'll fire me and if they fire me i don't get paid 
when in reality, if advisors would take the hard, harder route, which is sitting down with clients and saying, here's why you need the volatility. It's the only way you're going to accomplish your goals. If a client still fires them after that, who cares? The client's not listening to the best sound advice they can get. Advisors are doing a disservice for people because of that attitude. And people need to embrace volatility more. If you don't embrace it and don't like it, just ignore it. Let your advisor do their job. Uh, the volatility is the ups and downs in the market. It's, it's good for you because volatility is the price you pay for better returns. And that's how you combat longevity risk and purchasing power risk. My friends, the key to all of this is that, to make sure that you have a plan, a map, so to speak, that says, hey, here's all the goals that I want to accomplish. What does my cash flows look like year to year? It's called a financial plan. And if you don't have one, email me. We've got financial planners here that, that can certainly help you with cr the creation of this plan. And specifically, look at that longevity and purchasing power risks and how we can avoid it. Hope that helps you today, my friends. Give you more knowledge as you invest in this market and save to accomplish your goals. Until next week, thanks. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.